0: Hello, and welcome to another Light Reading Podcast, the Notebook Dump Edition. Congratulations, you have made it through yet another week. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and let's say hello to the crew joining me today. First of all, in New York City, we have Nicole Ferraro. Hello, Nicole. Hello. Uh, How are things? Uh, Your your ID says George Santos, is that... Yes,
1: uh, we can all be George Santos, because George Santos can be whoever he wants. So (laughs) I'm using him as inspiration to be... The George Santos of my apartment today.
0: That's fantastic. Be the George Santos of your apartment. Exactly. You okay. Yes. Well, cool. thanks so much. Uh We'll Absolutely. also say hello to Kelsey Zeiser, who is in one of the Carolinas. I can never figure out which one. The
2: northern one. The better one. Oh, North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Yeah.
0: How, how are things in North Carolina? Are you being the George Santos of your apartment?
2: <laughs> no. I'm in a house. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. wow. It's not a very you big one. It? It's fine um how the other half lives sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's good here very windy so i might blow around
0: okay Okay. well (laughs) it will will, we'll be all right no just just hold, hold on to the desk until we get through this podcast um let's also say hi to jeff baumgartner who is in the denver metro and he is uh digging his way out of snow so
3: i hear yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Mike and I both had to take two swipes at it yesterday just to stay ahead and, uh, not, you know, pull our backs out of, uh, whack. So, uh, I survived that. Yeah. It's
0: weather related cardio. I'm sure we're all mm-hmm. going to be there at some time or another.
3: Uh, Do you guys
2: ever have like wars with your neighbors where you blow all the snow into their driveway and then they blow it back into yours and then you end up on Dateline or something? Airquest.
3: All the time. Well, no, I, uh, I haven't yet, not in this neighborhood. Uh, they're actually pretty nice. Uh, the guy next door actually offers to uh, to bring his snowblower over when it gets really heavy. When I'm just out there looking pathetic, you know, he'll he'll, uh, he'll come over uh, sometimes. Um, so I'm very nice uh, to him. Yeah. yeah, Mike. On the other hand, I don't know. Snow battles every day. I don't know. Yeah,
0: let's also say hi to Mike Dano, who is also in the Denver metro area, also completely covered in snow. I mean, not at the moment, but uh, out in your yard, I suppose. <laughs> and, and do you ever offer to, uh, lend your neighbors your, uh, your snowblower or, um,
4: all, all the metals that are behind me you can see in the picture right here, all of these are for shoveling snow. Oh, okay. I'm not running. That's yeah, great. I, I shovel snow. That's
0: my thing. I thought for sure you were going to have a Tauntaun joke, but instead you went with the metal. No, that is Mike
1: being the George Santos of his home. Yeah. That is
0: true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good job,
4: Mike job yeah sorry I, you're right though Phil I should have had a tauntaun. on I mean they do, they do smell better on the outside
0: I'll take your word for it <laughs> um, all right well uh, to, to start uh, we're, you know we'll, we'll uh, uh, go, go around the uh, horn and talk about uh, what stories we were uh, we found intriguing this week and then share any things that uh, you know maybe didn't make it into the stories uh, or questions we have about what was written and said um, I guess we should uh let's stay in the Denver Metro first of all. Uh let's go let's go to uh Mike and sort of uh, uh pick up where uh, uh uh what what non-snow related stuff did you uh uh were you thinking about and worrying about this week. So
4: all right, I, I have a good one for this week because I uh did a couple stories on decentralized wireless, which is it's gotta be my favorite topic right now in wireless. It's got the best um, acronym. Oh, it's just, it's called DY, uh, yeah, short for Decentralized Wireless. And it's just, it, it's truly fascinating. No no one is really paying attention to it. No one thinks it's going to be a big deal. Everyone thinks it's going to fall apart this year and uh, just collapse. But, I mean, you, you just, in terms of interesting topics and interesting stories and interesting people to write about, you just, you cannot get better than Dy. Stuff going on. It's just really interesting.
0: And do, do, um, why do you say that? Sorry.
4: Well, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Sorry. Well, well done, Phil. Take well it. done. Sound
0: I got my. Oh, we
4: have the sound effect still. Oh, thank thank you, you,
0: Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> She's suddenly very awake, very alive.
2: Right. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so who is it?
4: Yes. I can't wait for the next one. Um, there, So the reason Dy is so good, it's it's just such an interesting topic. So uh, the way that it works is, so Phil, you buy your own little tiny cell tower for like five or ten thousand dollars. You operate it at your house, and then you earn cryptocurrency for doing that. Um, that's the whole setup. And then I, who have a phone that can access that cell tower, when I go to your house and hang out and uh, eat ice cream at 2 a.m. I use your cell tower and then you make money from my my traffic onto your cell tower, Uh,
0: but only in the form of cryptocurrency. But I don't charge you directly, I just make the money from somebody from board cryptocurrency yeah it's uh, there's a little there's a little bit of hand-waving
4: magic going on in this whole scenario uh and and you can tell that scale obviously scale is a big problem
0: i think we have an illustration um, kelsey how would that look okay that, now i understand yeah, okay very good um, oh that's what, like. <laughs> that's what we do here at light reading we explain things yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so anyway, there's uh there's lots going on in DUI. Um, yeah. There's a company this week, I wrote about a company called uh, pollen mobile that's got a, a couple of trial programs going on. Um, we had a report on the space come out that said uh, there's a uh, more than uh, 8000 cell sites around the country that operate under this model, um, representing a total investment of $20 million in uh, network infrastructure. So it's it's not nothing right. It's not to scale yet, but it's not nothing. And uh, the bottom line here is that it is interesting. It is just an interesting topic and
3: is
0: worth following. It's certainly um, it's certainly an attractive thought too. For you know, like you said, that this seems to be you know, if you're in an entrepreneurial mindset, this seems to be the um, the golden age of being able to gain entry to becoming a telecom service provider at the lowest price ever, you know, and yeah. with an I mean, immediate return. Yeah.
4: You, you really just, you upend this model of companies doing stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's can be, it could be regular users doing
3: stuff. Well, hey Mike question for you. Like, uh, is there any anecdotal evidence yet of anybody who's made any real money off of this yet? So
4: the real interesting part is that I think as all, as everybody's watched, just cryptocurrency in general has just like mm. plummeted. It's just totally crashed. That market has totally crashed, and as a result, uh, no one is buying the, the DY radios anymore. It's a, D, a disaster. DY disaster. It's a disaster. I can't do <laughs> it. Sorry. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but the, the fall in cryptocurrency prices overall—it's just like totally cooling off this whole thing, and so there's not as many radios that are mm. being installed right now. So we'll see.
1: Um, I'm just—I'm a little offended that you haven't reached out to me about this, Mike, because I, George Santos, as you probably know, invented DY. So it's a little weird that you wouldn't come directly to the source. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: one of george santos's early oh that's that
1: reminds me of yeah one of my first home runs on the yankees yeah (laughs) um
0: all right well we'll keep an eye out on dy i obviously what's weird is cryptocurrency is crashing so that's the reward mechanism but the actual traffic and sort of interest in the platforms is probably higher than ever because more people know about it um and you know everybody needs bandwidth, so I, I think yeah, an interesting tension point, and uh, yeah, we'll keep uh, uh, everybody keep uh, uh, search light reading for DY and and read what's there, and then we'll uh, we'll keep supplying more for you to read, uh, Mr. Santos. Since we started uh, since present <laughs> we last left you. Uh, what, uh, (laughs) what have you been up to this week or what? what Oh God, I've been all over the world. I went to Mars. What can we (laughs) prove that you've been up to this (laughs) week?
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, well, as my alter ego, Nicole Ferraro here in New York City, um, I have a story this week about the affordable connectivity program. Um, actually, hold on. Navvy and just calling for my student loan payment. Let me just oh. end that. I okay, thought... done.
0: Thanks, Joe Biden.
1: Yeah. Cheers. Well, thanks, uh, Supreme Court, and everybody who's holding up. Anyway, whatever. Back to this the affordable connectivity program. Um, so uh, I had a story this week about. Um, Some advocates raising the alarm about the impending end of the Affordable Connectivity Program and what that's going to mean for the country's plan to close the digital divide. So just for some basic context, as a reminder, the Affordable Connectivity Program, the ACP, is the $14.25 billion uh, broadband subsidy program funded through the infrastructure law passed in 2021. It was at the time described as the permanent version of the emergency broadband benefit, which was the subsidy passed in the early days of covid um but permanent is a funny word for a program that's about to run out of funding in the next couple of years at most um so the national urban league basically wrote a set uh, a letter to senator john thune in response to his inquiry that he put out in december to the industry about the biden administration's broadband programs and you know where they should be maybe passing legislation to roll back some of the rules that the NTIA set. The National Urban League's point of view was none of those things are the issue or uh, the biggest threat to closing the digital divide is uncertainty about the ACP. And there are all sorts of reasons for that. You can read my story about it for a deeper dive into what those reasons are. Um, but this is a real concern because the Congress, as it is right now, is not going to pass funding for the affordable connectivity program maybe they will maybe they'll surprise me uh maybe i will as george santos decide to fund the affordable connectivity program i'll tell you right now i don't think i'm gonna do it i really don't think i am so um (laughs) with the likely likelihood of congress uh funding the program out the window um uh they're they're gonna have to look at potential other avenues for this program because right now it's Um, supporting over 15.7 million households. And that also means, you know, millions of subscribers on various ISP, who are ISP customers, are ISPs are getting their money from the government for those customers. So nobody wants this program to go away. So I'm going to be watching this for uh, the next while to see, A, if Congress even considers refunding this program, B, if there are other avenues within the federal government to refund it, or C, um, if Uh, private ISPs take it upon themselves to figure out how to improve their own affordability benefits to maybe make up for uh, this program. But the uncertainty around it could impact um, who applies for bead funds, how much money they request, whether or not they can stay in business um, if they get those grants to build out and then the ACP runs out of funds, particularly in the rural U.S. So uh, it's a big concern um, and something I'm going to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, because why would if you're a small ISP, why would you take on the risk of building out more when all of a sudden this vital, uh, you know, uh, funding source has been cut off? Uh, that directly impacts you know the constituents you're trying to serve in your in your metro. And then you know, presumably, if you're a rural carrier, you don't have the benefit of large numbers. So you know, every single customer matters, and and knowing that those dollars are going to come in, and knowing that that income is going to be um you know something you can count on is that you know that that's that's the ba- you know that's the bedrock of your build out plan
1: 100%. And for the record, the bead, BEAD recipients are required to participate in the Affordable Connectivity Program. So that's a little a little hiccup attached to that as well. Yeah, yeah, which makes um, sense. And all of this is happening in the context of the Universal Service uh, Fund being in the hands of the Fifth Circuit Court. Uh, we should be getting a decision on whether or not that program is even constitutional, I think, soon. So uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Mike? Yeah.
4: Um, uh, Nicole, I have an important question for you along these lines. Is uh, Nicole Ferraro, would you describe George Santos as the original Kaiser Sose? Or <laughs> would you give it a different?
1: I think different? he would. Yeah. I think <laughs> he, he yeah, I, I, I would go with that, Mike. I'm fine with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. he would yeah, say that anything, works for me. <laughs> or anything that came to mind in the moment. Which is a lot like me, except I'm not in charge of anything. So that's, yeah. that's uh,
1: <laughs> nothing at all.
0: Right, oh, okay. nothing at all. Uh, uh, speaking of people in charge of stuff, uh, Kelsey, you're in charge of the Carolinas and, and <laughs> all other of things. Them. What have you What have you been up to?
2: <laughs> well, I've been really busy um, uh, being in charge of the Carolinas, especially South Carolina. They're cousin, Ruckus.
0: R- ruffians, yeah. yeah. A lot of nonsense happening out there. A lot of 'er ne'er-do-wells. A lot of (laughs) scallywags.
2: Stay in Charleston. Anyway. uh, So this week, Infonera had a couple updates. Um, They upgraded a um, submarine cable system that connects uh, the U.S. and Japan and doubled the Mm -hmm. capacity with 800 gig. Uh, And the... This specific um, submarine cable was uh, ready for service in uh, April of 2010 and initially cost $300 million. So um, some of the service providers that are part of the um, consortium for this specific cable are Barty Airtel. uh, There's also Google, KDDI, Telstra, and Singtel um, are some of those. So it's a pretty interesting update
0: there yeah 800 gig is um definitely becoming i mean all of the uh international submarine cables are going to upgrade transmission to uh, the ones that can handle the capacity are going to be on that upgrade path at some point in the future um but but it's interesting that they're you know this is i think this is maybe the second or third one you know there haven't been that many that have upgraded all the way yet so this is this is uh, a pretty big news in the optical world mm-hmm. so it's it's that's out in the real world. It's actually working, carrying traffic, and so on.
2: Yeah, and, and back it was an older in older um,
0: fiber, right? Sorry, I said, and it was an older fiber. It wasn't something that was just you know just recently laid. So it was something yeah. that that's been in service for quite a while, as you pointed out. So yeah, uh, that, I think
2: their lifespan different. is usually like twenty five years. So um, that is kind of interesting that they would um, invest that when it's, I guess you know, halfway to being dead.
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, and i think that's part of the the technology on both ends of the 800 gig and you know maybe beyond is that they can find ways to uh filter out those uh you know i don't know in, impurities oddities in the fiber itself and you know continue to uh transmit and, and continue to up the uh transmission capability so yeah it's quite a uh, quite a high wire act they're walking there but it's it's uh Uh, but obviously you know obviously we're we're good at 800 gig now we'll see we'll see how far they can go up from there yeah
2: the last um upgrade that i could find um to this specific cable system was so telstra owns two dedicated fiber pairs that they call the eac uh pacific and they updated it to 100 gig dwdm technology in 2013 um so yeah, I mean there's still some periodic investments in this particular cable, which I think is around like nine thousand kilometers long.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big um, one. It's a big one. Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Well thanks. Uh thanks for that. Yeah, it's also um, you know, we'll have more, I guess, on the direction of eight hundred gig and the acceptance in the marketplace because that's kind of this is supposed to be one of the years where that really gets going. Um, because it's a it's a huge sort of step up. In the optical capacity category, uh, I'll be going to OFC in San Diego in a, in a month or so, and uh, we'll have more uh, from there. And also, um, uh, the I guess it was maybe middle of last year, Sterling Perrin and Heavy Reading did some surveys on uh, so did a uh, an operator survey about. Uh, uh, who's using 800 gig and when, and, you know, sort of what the timelines are and stuff like that. So there's, there's some of that information from heavy reading you can find as well. Uh, uh, anything else or shall we go to Jeff?
2: Um, the only uh, other thing from um, Infinera specifically this week was they also updated um, Louisiana state University's network. Um, so they have 200, 400, um, and 600 gig, uh, capabilities now with the option to go to 800 hundred in the future. Uh, and they also updated, um, a, uh, 220 mile interstate route, um, and deployed four 400 gig optical, um, channels there. So okay. it's kind of interesting.
0: Good deal. Yeah. Lots of bandwidth happening at LSU. Yeah. Good times. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, uh Let's see, we talked about your uh, uh, your snow shoveling. Uh, any Anything else you were working on this week?
2: No.
3: <laughs> that was it.
0: That's great. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, well, uh, really the uh, the big thing uh, that's coming is kind of more on the horizon because earnings season is uh, getting underway mm-hmm. and Netflix will, will be announcing their... Q4 results uh, later after this call. So we'll, uh, but the the thing that we'll be looking at is obviously subscriber growth and uh, how that's doing, but also how the new ad-based tier is made, if it's making any sort of an impact uh, in the early going, because they only launched it in November. So they'll only have like a partial quarter of uh, uh, results there. So it's probably too early to say one way or the other if it's a winning or benign sort of tactic and if they can make up any of the revenues with the ad tiers that they uh, with the ad plan that they're not getting with the ad uh, free plans um i haven't made any change on my end um anybody here with netflix you know shift over to the ad the the uh the ad supported plan no way no
0: no no not, not yet. <laughs> I'm on uh I think I did yeah. with, with Hulu, I kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes Man. I'll I'll go to the ad plan and then I'll sit through a couple of episodes of something and get sick of the ads and pony up. <laughs> like okay, right, take my money.
3: Yeah. Here's your at five bucks extra. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm I'm not tolerate gonna so much.
3: shift either. Yeah. So yeah, I think the, the big question, maybe they'll they'll provide some colors to whether uh, the people coming onto the ad plan are uh, formerly on the ad-free plan or are they brand new customers that, uh, uh, you know, were, were on the fence and saying, right. okay, well, this is something I can afford. Um, now, th- uh, then I think the next thing we'll be keeping an eye on are uh, the Q4 results, mostly starting next week. Um, but ahead of that, uh, the analysts over at uh, ISI Evercore put out a forecast. And one of the, the top line things that was kind of interesting was that uh, fixed wireless access will continue to take share, uh, but the rate of growth is starting to show signs of slowing down, which I think is pretty much expected you know, to happen this year, but maybe we'll, we're already going to see some of that occur uh, with the results cut from fourth quarter, uh, but the ramp's going to, maybe start to become more linear is, is the prediction. Um, and though fixed wireless access represents a good portion of overall subscriber growth with uh, decent gains from the, uh, we're also expecting to see some gains from the fiber part of the market. And on the cable side, uh, Charter should have a small gain, uh, but it looks like Comcast might uh, swing to another loss with respect to broadband. And then, on pay tv um <laughs> which is uh kind of being decimated uh you know traditional pay tv is projected to lose another uh, 1.8 million subscribers and offset by about six hundred thousand from the virtual mvpds like youtube tv so uh still growth in that segment but it's not coming anywhere close to offsetting uh the traditional pay tv sector that's kind of Gone off the cliff at this point.
0: How how big is the the pay TV uh, the traditional pay TV sector that the cable companies and the satellite companies are still holding on to?
3: Oh boy, I'd have to look. It, it's only in the sixty millions, okay, I so think. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look up format, that number. But, but uh, yeah, but the the rate of decline is you know is continues to yeah. get down. Yeah, I think they'll. In the third quarter'd reach kind of a rock bottom but mm-hmm. or a bottom, and we'll see if q four is just a uh, a new bottom <laughs> we're just trying to figure out where the floor is yeah yeah <laughs> uh, well, that, for a lot of this that,
0: uh, that, that I think that'll help yeah. too with the stability of companies like direct t v and and in terms of you know like yeah. how investors evaluate them you know uh, yeah. because they, if you don't really know when the when the bleeding's gonna stop you don't really know what kind of you know what kind of long term business you're looking at and they haven't You know, since they've just been spun out of AT and T, they haven't really diversified much. Uh, You know, they haven't really had time. They've just operationally been kind of challenged.
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah, and I think if you talk to Charlie Ergen, you know, he he thinks it's inevitable that uh, Directv and Dish will eventually merge. Uh, We'll we'll see. He's been saying that for a long time. He's just Um,
0: sweating them for a good price, probably. Right? (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, meanwhile, and the other problem is all the or if it's a if you call it a problem at least from the pay tv standpoint all the uh uh direct to consumer you know a lot of the the good stuff is going into those so people are kind of questioning why am i paying you know this they're already questioning whether they're they're paying too much but it's becoming even more so as more premium content goes to these other services and it kind of dilutes the value of the pay tv subscription
0: the um uh parent, well you know back to the netflix conversation quickly the the paramount uh, paramount plus um uh, what's the other one so that that one's paramount plus is cbs what's the other one that's uh nbc related peacock i think peacock that yeah. one yep. th- they both had that uh sort of uh inexpensive tier with commercials you know that kind of mimics broadcast television a little bit um and and i i wonder yeah. did were those efforts when they, when they introduced their um, pricing, I think it was with the eye toward pulling in a lot of new subscribers to kind of check it out the first time. So I wonder if, I wonder if Netflix is on the same trajectory or if they have a lot of folks that are just would have quit the service otherwise, but now they'll downgrade and stay, stay a customer.
3: Right. Yeah. I think Peacock, particularly to kind of, uh, Uh, Prime the pump in a way that they did offer the ad supported tier as part of a package to Comcast customers and some other uh, Distributors did the same thing, but I think at some point they're going to uh, Stop doing that. (laughs) So we'll have to see how that affects their uh, Their subscriber base in the case of Peacock. They also have like a completely free ad supported version But it's uh, you get access to a smaller Right uh, library, and I think you don't get all of certain shows like the office, you know, one of the more popular ca- uh, catalog shows. So Meanwhile,
0: uh, Paramount yeah. Plus has a tie up with T-Mobile where they do um, they they offer the service, uh, I think the lower tier service, the one that would normally be 499 a month. They offer that for a full year for free for T-Mobile customers. And then after that, you just stay connected to it. And the way that there's a setup, you would continue to pay the 4.99 a month, but it just gets processed on your T-Mobile bill. So they're sort of, you know, not just doing the the initial thing, but they're also bundling in the, the payment. So maybe the consumer doesn't feel uh, the urge to to turn it off at that point because they just sort of get used to the. Bill and then it you know they get used to yeah. the bill the way it is and then it goes up five bucks a year or five bucks a month and then they just you know uh, arguably leave it alone and uh, keeps, keeps yeah
3: that's kind of woven in there it's harder to a little you harder maybe to you don't answer, think about it as yeah. much yeah, and, and yeah. so
0: I'm, I'm wondering if if Netflix and other uh, other streaming companies will will uh, pursue avenues like that because it seemed because I, I had the exact same thought which was that that once you sort of tie that bill into another bill that becomes a little bit easier to just leave alone than it is to just pull everything apart and try to figure out how to cancel one but not cancel the other and you don't want to lose your service yeah. with t-mobile and blah 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 so
3: yeah i um, it kind of speaks to the kind of the bigger uh drive for bundling the power of the bundle is also yeah. Yeah, to make it harder to unbundle kind
0: of yeah. a fragmented market for sure um mm-hmm. so yeah it'll be interesting to hear what netflix has to say and of course we'll uh we'll watch for your coverage uh, on that uh let's see anything else that i'm missing we're coming up on the 28 29 maybe 30 minute mark uh it's it's been a it, it's moved along briskly uh a lot of smiles and blank stares okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna say nothing's <laughs> I'm going to say we haven't missed anything. Do please check out uh, Ian uh, Morris's article on telco automation because that's a pretty interesting one about how the telecom companies haven't uh, automated as quickly and as thoroughly as maybe they uh, had hoped at one time. Another thing coming this week, you know, we kind of dive into the idea that uh, uh, you know a little bit of analysis behind Microsoft's uh, recent layoffs. They cut uh, 10,000 employees, and then at the same time, their CEO was touting. Uh, you know the future of AI and the fact that uh, automation is such a great thing and stuff like that. and it's like the, the, they almost happen simultaneously. So I thought that was uh, uh, terrible timing on his part, but also uh, maybe a nod toward uh, what to expect in the future. And maybe a cautionary tale to all of these companies that think the cloud companies have it figured out um, and they're they're pitching you these ideas that uh, you know if you just move all your business systems to the cloud, uh, all this intelligence will help you with uh, planning and forecasting and stuff like that. Well, it's those companies are laying off a bunch of people because they're bad at planning and forecasting and stuff like
3: that.
0: <laughs> and a baseball sound effect. Uh, I guess I think it's time to wrap up. Uh, uh, thank you all very much for uh, your hard work and assistance on this here podcast. Uh, so On behalf of Mike Dano, Jeff Baumgartner, Kelsey Zeiser, George Santos, aka Nicole Ferraro. uh, Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And have a great weekend.